1: Welcome to the official Jets podcast. We are presented by WinBet. Betting as a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. Eric Gallant with Peter King. Uh, We are here inside the studio at One Jets Drive. Peter, how many years is this for you on the training camp circuit?
2: Well, this is my 40th year, Eric, covering the NFL. 40th season, I should say. My first year was 1984 covering the Cincinnati Bengals, and it was slightly different in those days because virtually every day of a six-week training camp in Wilmington, Ohio, which, as I'm sure you well know, is the corn capital of Ohio. (laughs) And um, to say it was warm and toasty there virtually every day, I'm just glad I didn't have to play in it because the majority of days the Bengals – had two a days. They would practice from nine to 11 in the morning, three to five in the afternoon. And I don't know why this sticks out to me, but the majority of practices were in pads. And I just thought to myself, this is really a hard job. (laughs) And I remember one day, because for those who are big fans of, uh, of this game, I, the one thing in my career that I truly regret is how many times I thought to myself, I'm standing with Paul Brown, who is the owner of the Bengals. I'm standing with Paul Brown watching football practice and I'm not writing anything down. I'm just talking to him. I bet 40 times that summer I watched practice, the majority of practice with Paul Brown and I just consider myself highly, highly, highly fortunate to have begun my career in an environment like that. And look, the other one thing I'll tell you about training camps and how they've changed. My first year, it was either '84 or 85 that I went to the Pittsburgh Steelers camp in Latrobe. The PR guy there, Joe Gordon, uh, I said I want to talk to a couple of players, so he gave me some options. I said, oh, I'd love to talk to Mike Webster. And so he said, okay, he's in room 254 over in the dorm. Just go over there and knock on the door. He'll, he'll answer and he'll let you in. Wow. I mean, How about Eric, that access? Eric, yeah. It's a, times have changed just slightly in covering the National Football League. So 40th summer here. The
1: Jets are your first stop. You have the veteran eye. What do you look for when you come to a camp like the Jets? I,
2: I took the lazy way out. I watched Aaron Rodgers for an hour and 40 minutes because I just wanted to see what he did, who he talked to, what he does. And there's a couple things that occurred to me. One is I think the Jets are really lucky to have the defense that they do Because it reminds me of the the cliche, the iron sharpens iron cliche. Because Rodgers is so precise with his throws that, look, in practice, he is going, this is not the scatter shooting Zach Wilson, where he's not the most accurate guy, at least at this point in his career. It is one of the most accurate throwers in the football in the 105-year history, 104-year history of the NFL. And so Sauce Gardner is going to have a good experience here. Uh, the whole secondary is going to have a good experience because during the week, they are going to be able to prepare for Josh Allen and Tua Tagovailoa and Mac Jones and Dak Prescott and whoever else is on their schedule uh, because they will not face a more accurate passer. And it just occurred to me watching this, it was hard for Rodgers to complete a pass in this practice I saw. Very hard. And the reason is that is a damn good secondary. And in my opinion, it's going to do major favors for both of them. Now, the practice session that you watched, Garrett Wilson exited early.
1: He was getting his ankle looked at. Yeah, Robert Sala thinks everything's fine there. Corey Davis also out. With a viral illness. What is the restructuring of Rodgers' contract? What kind of message does that send internally?
2: And maybe throughout the league as well? You know, I asked him about it. And he basically said, because look, a lot of players restructure their contracts. But they don't say to the team, hey, Here's $35 million back, or whatever the number is. I've seen the reports, and I don't know. I asked him about it, and he didn't wasn't specific in exactly what he had given up. But clearly, if he had done nothing with this contract, he would have made a lot more money over the life of this contract. But he also would have severely hamstrung the Jets. And my feeling about it is, it reminds me a lot of what Tom Brady used to do when I forget what year it was, but after one of his Super Bowl years, uh he his compensation that year he was gonna be the twenty-third highest paid quarterback. And you just say, Well, you know, and Brady's whole attitude was, Look, if they're spending to the cap, if they're taking this money and going to spend to the cap, uh I'm fine with it. And plus, we all know quarterbacks in the NFL, especially ones who win Super Bowls, can walk out of their homes and sign an hour's worth of autographs and make a million dollars or whatever the silly sum is. So it's almost like I'm sure And Aaron Rodgers said, this is what makes me happy. I did this because I wanted to do it. Nobody forced me to do anything. I wanted to do this. And so I think it should probably endear him even more. I would think that the fan base is swooning over him as it is. But that should probably endear him even more to the fan base.
1: It's the honeymoon stage right now. There's no doubt about that. But he said it repeatedly that he's having a blast here. Yeah, you just talked to him within the last hour. Do you sense
2: that? I think he, because I talked to him. We talked openly about how uh, you said this off season. I was I'm ninety percent retired. Right. And so I've thought all off season, what a risky deal for the Jets. Joe Douglas, man, if Aaron Rodgers, if the Jets finish nine and eight and Aaron Rodgers says, I'm not having fun, I'm retiring, uh, I mean, it's not going to be a good look for Joe Douglas or for the Jets. But it sounds very much like Rodgers is going to play at least two more years. That's what it sounds like now. Mm-hmm. But, Eric, a lot of things can be said in a honeymoon period a lot of things can be said in july you look back in february and you you look back and you say boy that was that sounds naive now so you don't know but yeah i'm like everybody else i would anticipate rogers i'm not saying he was delirious he's a he's a pensive human being but he definitely is is really really enjoying it and you know Eric, one of the things he talked a lot about, he said, listen, I've never played for a defensive head coach before, and I really like this Robert Sala. And he said, I like him because we talk. I might come up with an idea, and he might take the idea and do it, and sometimes he might say, it's a good idea. We're not going to do that. And Rogers had a big smile on his face, and he goes, I kind of love that. I just want somebody to listen to me, and then let's talk about it, and then do what you want to do. I just want to be heard, you know. And I got the distinct impression that Robert Sala and Joe Douglas, he feels, are excellent sounding boards for his idea. He also talked very, very uh, admiringly of Joe Douglas. And look, it's clear, all right? The Green Bay Packers do things one way, okay? Uh, Brian Gutekunst, the general manager, I think by his peers, by people who work there, by almost everybody in the building is a highly regarded guy. And I think Aaron Rodgers chafed at times with the fact that they didn't have as open line of communications. That's been very clear, widely reported. But I also think that the Packers have a way of doing things. And it's very difficult, isn't it, to sit back here and say, well, uh, the Packers' way is my way or the highway, so that's not the right way to do it. Well, for the last 30, 35 years... How's that way worked? Pretty damn good. And so I just think, you know, as, as Rogers told me, he goes, you know, sometimes it's just time. And I think, and he said that pretty much since he signed here. And I think he felt like it was just time. And I think it was smart. Uh, he knew it. The Packers knew it. Because make no mistake about it, you know, he felt it. The Packers wanted Jordan Love to play after a lot of their communication issues with Rodgers early in this offseason. Right or wrong, fair or unfair, uh, that's the way they went. And it's eerily, incredibly, bizarrely familiar in all ways to 15 years ago when Brett Favre came here. And uh, it's, the, it's the exact same story all over again. A guy sits on the Pines for three years after being drafted low in the first round. Aaron Rodgers did it, 2005, 6, and 7. Now Jordan Love has done it, 2021, 22. Now it's Jordan Love's time. And, you know, I think that there is kind of a lot of poetic justice in what happened. And I believe that Aaron Rodgers will give the Jets more time than Brett Favre did. And
1: Favre in 08, Jets started 8 and 3, then he got You it. remember
2: the 11th game? Yes. The 11th game against Tennessee, the Titans, Undefeated. were 10 and, and 0. 0. In Nashville, the Jets beat them 900 to nothing. Yep. And that was and how crazy is this? who's on the offensive staff of the New York Jets then? Brian Dable. <laughs> oh man. And it's just Yeah, of course. There's so many great storylines about Favre Rodgers, Jets, Jets, Packers, Packers. It's just it's a cool cool story.
1: Do you think the Jets enter this season with a target on their back? Because listen, Everybody to a man, they know the steps they took last year. It's also a talented roster. Now you add a former four-time NFL MVP who's ready to roll. And had not it been for the injuries and instability at quarterback last year, the Jets are a playoff team. But you get a sense, at least from here, that
0: Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club.
1: Are ...saying, okay, Jets, go out and prove it, where yeah. I don't know if anybody's
2: said anything outla- outlandish coming from Florida right. Park. No, I'll tell you this, and it's... Look, Eric, you know, everyone in this building, they're going to be amiable, they're going to be pleasant... To everybody from NFL Films here to do hard knocks, the Jets are dreading going through this training camp with the hard knocks, uh, you know, cameras on them, and I don't blame them. This is not the time for them uh, to be shouting from the rooftops, uh, "Hey, look at us!" And they don't want to. Robert Sala definitely doesn't want to. Rogers. Definitely doesn't want to. But, you know, and look, I'm not down on hard knocks. uh, But I do think had I been the NFL and look, they're going to get some nice stuff. They always do. They're going to get some nice stuff. But I would want hard knocks in my place if I had something that I wanted to show I wanted to prove whatever like to me this year like wasn't it it was Detroit last year and Detroit was fantastic those were good shows because that was a team that said ah the spotlight let's have it and let me just say this I think a fantastic team this year would have been Washington you know with you know the honeymoon of the new owner And the ding-dong, the witch is dead stuff with Snyder. uh, And some real hope for the first time in forever. And again, look, as I said, they will have some moments with Aaron Rodgers. And of course, everybody in the NFL said the only team we wanted was the Jets. And I believe that. But I think they're going to have a hard time spicing this one up a
1: shout out to the Jets in-house production team because One Jets Drive actually debuts August 7th, Monday night before, oh, is our that night right? Yep, and they do a fantastic job and they yeah. will continue to do a fantastic job.
0: Jets fans, we're in our final push and the clock is ticking. Winbet is giving you a golden opportunity to win VIP prizes for the 2023 season. The Winbet Green Room is the most exclusive space at the stadium with all-inclusive food and beverage, lower-level seats, and appearances by Jets legends and celebrities. New Jersey customers, all you need to do is wager at least $100 on Winbet's sportsbook or casino. For New York customers, all you need to do is wager at least $100 on Winbet's sportsbook. The best part? You get an entry for every $100 you wager.
1: What would it do for Rodgers' legacy if he won in New York? Can you compare it to anything if he won big in New York? Well, because it, obviously his legacy cemented is for him individually, but
2: I think I think honestly I think Aaron Rodgers to be a top three, top five of all time, he's got to win more. Mm. I think he's got to win it, whether it be a Super Bowl or take the Jets deep into the playoffs or or something like that for a very simple reason. If you look at the people who are considered and and look, I don't, it's such a ridiculously subjective list. I know that uh, on my list, Tom Brady would be on top. Otto Graham would be number two and Joe Montana probably would be number three. And everyone would say, what is Otto Graham doing there? And I say, well, Played professional football for 10 seasons. In 10 seasons, he played in the championship game. And in seven seasons, he won. His team won the championship, his Cleveland Browns team. And people might say, well, geez, he only played 10 years. Well, the world was different, and football was a lot different 70 years ago. And what football was back in the day was it was a game that you didn't play. Most players didn't play for longer than seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years. Um, and now, obviously, it's different. But I think if you are looking logically and you want to consider all of history, history is wit- written by the winners. And I think Aaron Rodgers needs to win more to prove that he should elbow his way into the top three or five of all time. Would it be Mark Messier and steroids? You know, Well, or, 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 or it would be a little bit mindful. Um, it'd be a little bit mindful of Tom Brady going to the bucks right. because everybody thought the bucks were lost sheeps in the pasture of life in the NFL. Um, and they obviously win a Super Bowl. It was a little bit different than the Rams because the Rams were coming when Matthew Stafford went there. You know, they had already been to one Super Bowl with Jared Goff. So they were not uh, at the bottom of the pile. But I think that's a great comparison about Mark Messier because Messier was on the greatest hockey team of his era, the Edmonton Oilers came to the Rangers and I don't maybe it's too strong to say he willed them they they had some great talent obviously but I do think I think that's a very good comparison because as with Messier it'll be much more it'll be it'll be I shouldn't say much more it'll be a lot about Aaron Rodgers the person and the leader that if the Jets make it to the promised land. That's one of the reasons why they'll make it there. I'll just say one other thing. When I talked to Robert Sala here, he made this point because i I said to, him I, I forget how I worded it, but I said, because I was watching practice, I bet 18, 20 times in an hour and 40 minutes, he went up and he was talking to guys. He was talking to receivers about a route. He talked to he talked to Jeff Albrecht at one point. Uh, talking to a couple of defensive guys and he, Zach Wilson. He's talking to almost constantly. And but and Robert Sala said, "I've never been around a player who was as much of a coach as Aaron Rodgers is in this training camp." And I think Eric for this team, it's important for a very simple reason that if you think about it this offense is was invented by uh, Matt LaFleur Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers four years ago in Green Bay and so Matt Matt LaFleur is not here but Aaron Rodgers and Nathaniel Hackett are and the offense maybe is not a car- not exactly a carbon copy, but it's darn close to that offense they ran in Green Bay that was so successful. So I think that it is justice and it is correct that Aaron Rodgers will essentially uh, be a as close coach. to an assistant coach, yeah. yeah, a player coach as you can have. The storylines after Rodgers, where do you start? Obviously, that's
1: the lead to any paragraph when you're talking about the Jets. But offensive rookie of the year and Garrett Wilson. Okay, I'll give you. I'll give oh, you my. I'll give you my I'll
2: give, you my. I'll give you my three other storylines. Right. Okay, is the offensive line going to be good enough? Is it going to hold up? Will Mackay Beckton ever? And I'm doubtful. I'm a little dubious. Will he ever become a real prominent uh, fixture here? And as I say, I have my doubts. That is really important because you know that, I mean, look, by the end of this year, I will bet that a lot of Jets fans will say, crap, like I'm I'm a big Boston Red Sox fan. So I watch a lot of the Red Sox games and I say, man, that Justin Turner comes over from the Dodgers. He's a lot better than I thought he was. Okay. He's doing more than I thought he would do. You know who you're going to be saying that about? Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard, I could see him. I'm just going to invent this. 70 catches, nine touchdowns, 14 yards a catch. Alan Lazard is going to be a huge, if he stays healthy, he's going to be a huge factor in this offense, I think. Because just, just remember one thing about Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Aaron Rodgers, and you saw it last year, one of the reasons the Packers struggled so much is that he was trying to get used to Aaron Dobbs and Christian Watson. He certainly could have done more by being more involved in the offseason program, which he wasn't. So that's his fault, but it's also his right. He doesn't have to come in the offseason. However, you see how important chemistry is. And that's why I think... I have no idea how healthy, um, you know, Randall Cobb's going to be this year. Uh, you know, health is a big concern about a lot of guys on that offense. But that's why I think Alan Lazard is going to be a big factor. But the one other thing I would say is, you know, last year, relatively speaking, okay, the Jets, especially on defense, were were able to – keep their guys on the field and you cannot take that for granted because that is not something you can predict and so I just say look you know uh, sauce read you know the guys in that second that is a playoff secondary right there and I think they've got enough of a pass rush and you know, on offense, you get Elijah Vera Tucker back. It was a huge loss. You get Brees Hall back, maybe by the opener, but at least by sometime early in the season. Uh, who knows what happens with Delvin Cook. Probably there will be some verdict by the time people are listening to this. But I do think that especially on defense, I'll tell you what, they, they would sign right now to have the same health this year. That they had last year because that is a top five defense if they all stay on the field.
1: This has been fun; it always is. Um, let's go out here on this. What do you make of the division? The Bills, three times defending AFC. It's effing brutal. Yeah. that's what I make of it. <laughs> yeah.
2: I, I mean, I said to Rogers, I mean, you got, you got Belichick twice, you got a Super Bowl contender, strong contender in the Buffalo Bills. You get a rising star Miami team. That's six of your seventeen games who, right who there. Who
1: just added a big time coordinator on the defensive side? Yeah. Yeah. And, and Jalen Ramsey.
2: And 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 although he might be hurt. And um, you know, the other thing I would say is you gotta play Dak Prescott and the Cowboys mm-hmm. early. You gotta play Mahomes. Um, you got this is this is a tough tough division and one of the things I said to Rogers was you got those six games and then you step out of your division and all you have to do in January is beat Burrow and Mahomes. I mean, what do you say? It's brutal. What was he, his reaction to that? It, it, nothing. He yeah. said, obviously <laughs> he said the AFC is ridiculous, but Lazard, when I talked to him about that, I thought he, he, he was very interesting. He, he basically said, look, look, you know, and I'm paraphrasing. I forget sure. his exact words, but basically, we're learning to crawl here. You know, it's silly to start worrying about about this these Goliaths on the outside. We have to get as good as we can be, which is the right answer, by right. the way. You know, we got to get as good as we can be, and I think right now, uh, you know, Jets will take baby steps. It's uh, this occurred to me thinking about you know, where the jets are right now, but, but Eric, the New York jets will be in training camp for, I think 12 days in the month of July. It's something like that. Maybe not practicing every day, but this is a long (laughs) preseason for the jets, very long. And I think Robert Sala has to be careful. You want to get your team ready. Okay, but you don't want to have these. This is this is, uh, you know, soft tissue time of year right now with guys trying to make your team and and all that stuff. So, you know, you got to you got to be a little conservative in what you're asking, especially with what is going to be absolutely torrid heat and humidity uh, coming up here.
1: I think you're going to see more green and white in Brooklyn. Over the next couple of weeks <laughs> I and think so months. so, too. Uh, Hall of Fame coming up? Uh, parting shots yeah. on Cl- yeah. Klecko oh, and Oh, look, and you know,
2: I think um, I always thought that Joe Klecko's case was a little bit difficult. Um, We've talked over the years about this. Over the years. And, and it was always a little bit difficult because what you want out of a guy on the defensive line is to be a dominating player uh, for 12 or 13 years, 10, 10, 12 years at least. Um, And Joe Klecko was hurt by the fact that he was, not Joe Klecko, he was Joe team guy. Mm -hmm. Need me to play inside? I'll play the nose. Need me to play tackle Uh, in in a four man front? I'll play tackle. Uh, you need me to rush from the outside, which is not really his position. Uh, although, I think of all the things that Klecko did in his career, I think he was best at being a 4 3 end. Um, I mean, I think he would have, you know, it's a weird thing to say, but man, I'll tell you what. I could have, in his prime, you know, Leonard Marshall on one side, Joe Klecko on the other side. Holy crap. The, with Lawrence Taylor behind Marshall and. Banks behind Joe Klecko. And all Lord, <laughs> that's ridiculous. But but I, I'm happy for Klecko because I absolutely think he deserves it. I was always in his corner and I, obviously I was. I voted for him every time it came up. Um, Revis, uh, look, I'm very pro-Revis. I think he absolutely deserves to, to be in there. I think that The cornerback position has changed so mightily over the years that he, by doing the whole Revis Island thing, in my time covering the league, I think the two best cover corners were Deion Sanders and Darrell Revis. And to me, today in this game, uh, you could probably come up with 10 highlights a year where Revis gets beat. And, and so I think that, to some degree, was held against him because he probably got beat more than Dion did. But they threw a huge amount of times more than teams threw in Dion's era. And so, look, I think both guys deserve it. It'll be a great time for the Jets uh, out in Canton. And um, I always like seeing franchises that didn't maybe win uh, the biggest game or biggest games. I like when they get guys in the Hall of Fame because I think one of the things over the years that I wish, and I'm a longtime Hall of Fame voter, I wish the Tommy Nobises of the world uh, and, and a lot of guys who are on teams that didn't win Super Bowls, they just get lost in the in the sauce. And so... I'm happy for the Jets. is very well-deserved.
1: I'm glad you just said lost in the sauce. Lost because in the sauce. You're bringing a full circle because Jets had a lockdown corner in Darrell Revis. Now they get a yeah. lockdown corner in Sauce Gardner. Yeah. Uh, Peter, uh, last time we talked was in Arizona. And who would have thunk it that Forum Park, New Jersey wasn't? 10 times hotter. <laughs> it was. <laughs> That's right. That's that it amazing. Was yeah. It was great seeing you. Thanks, Thanks so much. Eric.
2: Appreciate it.
0: Live Nation Presents Concert Week.